Greetings, my children. Welcome to episode 61 of Plat Chat Valorant. Wait, no, it's Overwatch. We're doing the Overwatch one now. Um, Alright, let's get a restart. Uh, you want to restart on that? Reboot it. Yeah. When sure. we're we'll redo it live. Mobile. Sure you want to redo that one? Yeah, yeah probably. probably. Yeah, redo it live. I thought, I thought I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's gone to pet his dog or something. That wasn't well. good? That was pretty good. Okay, we restart again. Ah, just go. Okay. Are you done? You restarted? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I said restarted it. Welcome to Flat Chat Overwatch, presented by T-Mobile, episode 61. I've got a lovely lilac petal candle here that's quite potent, actually, so I don't know but why I that, look all... That doesn't even look like a normal candle. It looks like just it's engulfed in flames. <laughs> it yeah, has I mean, three wicks. Flames. It's, three it's three wicks. Yeah, three wicks. Wow. It's burning. Do they like help? Do they work? Try wick candle. Yeah, that's it's kind of impressive. This is a very potent candle I've got here. But welcome to Plat Chat Overwatch, <laughs> episode 61. Plat Chat presented by Timo. What do you mean by work, Jonathan? What 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 does what work does a candle do? Does it soothe his mind? Does it reduce his temptations you for devils? So I played games with Bren last night, and Bren had a few games of League of Legends that are that are award winning, just just <laughs> legendary games of League of Legends. He'd been but sniffing the candles too hard. Oh, he was he was he was huffing the candles. Uh, Josh, there was at one point. Uh, in three games, he was like a combined six and thirty-five. Oh and my he just, god! He was just sending it down. Uh, he it was a a performance like I haven't seen before from Bren. It's funny just that Matt really says this. Really tremendous. Well, I looked up uh, I looked up the games afterwards on some uh, uh, like statistics analytical site, uh, op.gg, I think it was. And they have yeah. a they have a rating system to see who like the worst player was in those games, and I always scored higher in the rating than you, Matt. <laughs> despite the fact well, that I just... hinted every game. Well, you would have like a decent amount of assists because you would he Bren just like set because he he said the character was speaking to him because he's a cat boy wrestler, uh, and. <laughs> And he would just run in and power bomb people and just get yeah. blown up. But because Wait, of those... what are you talking about? It was funny. Huh? We're talking about uh, you know, Johnny. Some of us like actually like kind of play games and hang out with each other. Me and Josh are gonna play some Overwatch tonight with our Timmies to get ready. For oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so out of uh, it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like me I'm and Brett play games. You don't, you don't talk to anybody, and then you come on the show. You're like, oh, nobody's speaking to me. I don't know what's going on. That's because <laughs> you just sit there alone. No, oh yeah, but get in the game with us. Today is the last day, Matt, and then yeah, I'm done. Today's the last day. Today's the last day of World of I, Warcraft. I played uh, <sighs> 15 hours of WoW on Saturday, 17 yesterday. I slept four and a half hours, and now I'm playing like again. 50 so, hours on Saturday. God damn. 15. So um, the today is the last day, and then I'm done. Well, yeah, I wasn't quite on that level, but I did have to take a melatonin <clears> to get up this morning. To record Plat Chat Valorant, which is why I opened up the show with, hey everybody, welcome to Plat Chat Valorant, because my mind is <laughs> fucking gone. Like, yeah. Elon Musk has literally just transported my consciousness to Mars, and that's where it is currently. <laughs> and I'm, I'm operating off a fucking satellite feed. It's just pinging it back and forth. 
Um, That's why I wonder where the candles work. Just like maybe I need a candle. Yeah, the candles nice, are yeah. being quite yeah. quite nice. But I took a melatonin, and you know those melatonin <clears throat> sleepy those dreams you have. Yeah. I had a mad yeah. anxiety-ridden dream off the back of it, and it was all to do with fucking content. Like, uploading content, recording content, making sure content was good, just having, in my dream, a place of respite, what's supposed to be free from this, was just fucking worrying about my YouTube channel. And yeah. do you know what it fucking was? It was literally a case of me, uh, I don't even have the, the bloody script open for this thingy, but the, what, listen, <laughs> this is actually a true story for once, but in my dream... <laughs> In my dream, I was panicking because I couldn't upload the videos that I'd recorded. And my phone, I didn't have a T-Mobile subscription. <laughs> I was fucking panicking in my dreams. I was you panicking. that you didn't have T-Mobile 5G. Yeah, yeah. And that dude, is... but then you woke up and you realize, oh, wait, hold up. I well, do have T-Mobile 5G. Yeah, but that, that was, my brain was... Panicking because I didn't have 5G to upload YouTube videos on my YouTube channel. <laughs> there you go. With 5G coverage in all 50 states, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. And even better, no other 5G signal goes farther to bring you closer to the Overwatch League and keep you connected to the game. So rank up and take your wireless game to the next level with T-Mobile. Visit T-Mobile.com today so you don't, you're not like me. Don't like have dreams. nightmares about not having oh, T-Mobile 5G. Shit, having like get it. An anxiety dream over not having T-Mobile. Like it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah. yeah, I had a horrific dream last night. I'm not even sure I can. He, he had, share. He, had a dream, he had a horrible dream. Sure he grew his it? hair back. Yeah, his <laughs> hair came back. I I had a dream where I woke up in the morning and I thought that I had seen a documentary of it. I thought it wasn't my dream. Like I woke up and I was like, oh my god, that was a weird documentary. And then I was like, oh shit, that was my dream. <laughs> and it was about. Dude, was everybody about... having weird dreams? Chelsea had a dream the other day, and she got scared that she was working at an amusement park, and then she was like, "Oh my god, am I going to get sick? <laughs> Why would she be working at an amusement park?" I my dream was my dream was three fangirls had just snuck into the house and had just decided to live with me, and I couldn't get rid of them because every time I called up the police, people people just believed them instead of me. So I in the end I had to in the end I had to go along with it and be like, yeah, sure, I'll live with you. And What's then I was constantly here? trying to escape. And then I called Haley, our wardrobe person, to come and rescue me. <laughs> what? <laughs> What kind of dream is that? I don't know why, but I called him I to have, rescue I me. No, and he was I like, no, no, these girls seem nice. And I was like, I don't want them living with me, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I have normal dreams. Well, I guess not really normal. Oh, I guess. normal dreams? I don't get it. Like, I have dreams that I'm playing in the NBA dreams? and I'm just dominating what? games. And I'm How is that a normal <laughs> dream? How is that a normal <laughs> dream? When was the last time you saw someone that looked like you in the NBA? I mean, they're, I mean that are like five foot one. Yeah, I don't are know. You, not, are you seven foot often. in your dreams? Uh, in, in my dreams, I'm significantly taller and better at basketball than what I am in real life. So, I mean, maybe it is a little bit of an odd dream, I guess. Oh, I feel sorry for you, Matt. I'm sorry. Let's yeah, Johnny, Johnny dreams about uh, you know winning that series in uh, Thailand and, and still playing Overwatch. That's true. It's a repeating nightmare. It just happens all the time. You can win the Timmy tournament instead. It's not That's in Thailand. True. There you go. What a segue. It actually probably would be the, the largest achievement of Johnny's career. So, 
in two hours from this podcast, from the point of what you're watching, hopefully by the end, if you're watching as it's premiering, uh, the Timmy tournament will be live. The the, the Timmy tournament presented by T-Mobile live at 2 p.m. Pacific time on this channel, YouTube.com. Uh, do we even have a URL? YouTube slash plat chat. Is it just plat chat? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's actually, that's clean. Nice. I don't know why you got that. <laughs> it's, um, it's been like that for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty clean. Uh, you can you can you can catch it the action there. You can see the times below underneath right there in the lower third. Very fancy. Uh, Two p.m. Pacific time, ten p.m. Uh, UK time. Sorry, it couldn't be a better time UK, but unfortunately, we live in just the middle of nowhere. Um, so yeah, and we're also going to be streaming on our personal channels, on our personal Twitch channels as well, on yeah. all of our perspectives. So it's going to be a nice <laughs> tournament. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't get over the picture of Matt and my children. It's so funny. There he is. Yep. Mr. Controller. I chose pictures of us all at the absolute peak of our careers. So Jonathan's playing for Rogue, me and Brandon playing in the talent takedown, and Matt's playing for Complexity for Call of Duty. Yeah. Were you there was it that the team you played for? Complexity? Uh I played for a team called Rage and I coached Complexity. Yeah, I was gonna say. Mm. That's pretty, lost, cool, uh, That's pretty cool, Matt. Oh, yeah, my God. It's funny how you said, Sideshow, that you took a picture from the peak of my career, literally meaning that I'm in a worse place with you guys in this call now <laughs> than I was before. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I meant peak of your competition. Peak of your competitive career. All right, all right, all right. I mean, yeah. really, uh, linking up with me, Josh, and Bren is, I mean, I, I wouldn't even call the highlight of your career probably the moment of your life. I mean, this will be kind of like... I mean, you'll never get uh, or ascend it, higher than this. It's kind Fuck, of insane. that's depressing. Matt, it's kind of insane how you've glown up, actually. Who, me? Yeah, you actually give hope to, to me. But maybe I mean, when I'm like 42, mean? I'm going to look like much better, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But up until, up until like six months ago, Brian thought we were the same age, me and him. What? No, I didn't. Yeah, you, 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 at one time, yeah, it was like, it was like maybe like six months ago, you were shocked I wasn't 27. You were like, wait, what? Fuck off. No, I, no, I've known yeah. you in your, what, how old are you? Like 29? I'm 32. Uh, You're 32? Yeah. <laughs> what the f Okay. All right. There he is. Dude, look at me. He's I'm popping off. Matt's a bit like George Clooney. He's just got, he's getting more attractive as he gets older. Yeah. yeah, but see, I actually would have looked probably pretty similar there if I would have let my hair grown out and then grown my beard. But that's uh, well, yeah, you're the same human being. But also, <laughs> that you got surgery or something. Well, I mean, that's what Bren was alluding to—that I had like uh, I restructured my face. <laughs> Oh. I'm gonna restructure your face if you keep chatting shit to me in this Timmy tournament. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> gonna give yeah. you the business in the finals. So that's gonna be taking place today uh, or Tuesday, essentially, is how this is airing. But if you're watching when it's premiering today, 2 p.m. Pacific time, so hopefully you can catch that. It's gonna be going for a couple of hours. It's gonna be on this YouTube channel as well, so you can yep. see the main broadcast. We got Jaws and Jake gonna be casting from the couch. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, I managed to say it in the correct order so that people weren't making memes out of it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you're too young, Matt. You won't understand. Um, I don't okay. understand. The, the, uh, what else we got in the news today? Sure. Huh? Okay. Uh, we got we some, do have lore. some lore. We do have some lore, yeah. We new got some new... Uh... Symmetra Zen lore. Boom. Yeah. Mm. They laid it down on us today. They were like, we know Plat Chat's recording today. We got to lay down some juice for them. 
So yeah, we got a new Symmetra story by Christy Golden. Boom. I actually haven't given it a read, a read yet. Has anyone here given it a read? Talk. Yeah. You have? Yeah, yeah. I read through it because I thought we would be talking about it on the show. Yeah. So I wanted to do the prep for it. I don't normally read any law ever, but I read it because what, I wanted to. It, what's no it about? Read it. Am I They're... the only fucking person that read this law uh, magazine? I totally read it. I, I had to go get an oil change on my car. So no, I didn't have <laughs> a chance to read the law. <laughs> Well, somehow I'm the law expert now, I suppose. Yeah, all right. So so uh, I'm interested because it's written by Christy Golden, who writes a lot of the stuff for World of Warcraft. She's uh, mm -hmm. written like the novels, and I believe uh, Blizzard's brought her on full time now. Yeah, uh, so this I mean, is kind of cool seeing her do some stuff with uh, yeah. Overwatch. It was pretty good. I mean, it's, it's super short, right? So you can't get... I mean, it's not going to be like a fantastic work of fiction, but in, in terms of like the story and getting into it and the character development and stuff, it was all there. And it's about characters that a lot of people don't, I must say, I'm not the best person to advertise this because I'm not into the lore at all, but the, but it's it delves into the characters a little more. It, it, it explores Symmetra. It describes her uh, autism without it feeling like it's something ham-fisted towards it she's mm -hmm. they just describes it from her point of view and it's just like a bit of a different way of thinking but it's kind of cool to see her interacting with the the omnics as well um and yeah it gives you some zenyatta law which i know that everybody was that is, craving yeah. as well and also there's a bit of philosophy in the middle of that as well they go into uh some eastern philosophy because the the whole thing is about her like uh, her kind of coming to terms with um being less of a I don't know, corpo, <laughs> and, and mm -hmm. finding finding the uh, the joy in her life and reflecting on uh, things when they go badly and fixing them, yeah. making the best of bad situations. Seeing, uh, seeing this type of stuff and then the artwork that kind of attaches to it and like the, the skins, obviously, that'll kind of go into the game. Uh, this kind of takes me back to the conversation that we had with Super when he was on with Overwatch 2 and like how awesome like the single player and the advancement of the story and the lore and uh, kind of character progression uh, can get. Uh, you kind of combo that kind of single player type storytelling with other you know, comics and whatnot on the side. I think it has the opportunity yeah. to really just kind of uh, send Overwatch as a a franchise to a place uh, a whole nother level talking about this one as well specifically what i've disliked about some of the overwatch lore in the past is that it tends to be just uh oh we're teaming up to do good and it's like it's a very self-contained adventure each one is just like yeah. we're we're trying to shut down some baddies and that's it but this one actually was more of an exploration of how Omnix came to have sentience, actually. Hmm. It, like, it talks about Zenyatta, and it talks about the first Omnic that had sentience, and it kind of explores that a little more. And I I personally would fucking love it if they went more in that direction. Like, actually yeah. trying to do more, like, you know, big topic discussions about sci-fi kind of uh, aspects of the universe rather than just, um, I don't know, fighting baddies. There's yeah. so much in the world of Overwatch that you still well, don't have. There's so much potential yet. in the world. Yeah, yeah. there is. And yeah, it, it, it's 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 not a. They, I mean, they have essentially. It's not necessarily a blank canvas, but they've set up a framework for anything they want, um, which is you know they. It's a it's a blessing and a curse actually. I think because it makes it incredibly accessible to anybody who wants to get in. Um, uh, but you know now now is the time to start filling it, and these kind of short stories are, are pretty sweet for that. So yeah, glad yeah, you like read that, Josh, because you were the only one who did out of all of us. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I also think uh, you see with what like League of Legends does with, where we haven't gotten like an animated short in a while but 
uh, when they were making tons of animated shorts for Overwatch, like how hype those were and how good those were, right? You think back to like the uh, the Ash and McCree one on uh, Route 66. You think back of like uh, the Sombra Reaper one on Volskaya. Like the animated shorts were so sick that like you start kind of adding those into the mix again. Uh, I'm sure as we get kind of closer towards whenever Overwatch 2 is going to be a real thing. <laughs> Uh, you know it's going to be some gonna boost the game. fatty cinematics of Overwatch 2. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. going to be some sick cinematics. Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, I, I feel like a lot of games are doing the mistake of not having, like, an animated TV show or something, you know? Because we talked about Overwatch as, like, the game that they wanted to create for, like, kids and, like, bring up that generation, like, loving Overwatch and the Overwatch universe. So, like, why not put it on Netflix? Like, mm, I know it's a big investment. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to do. You can't too. just it's, put it know, on Netflix. I, I, I get that. But, like, you gotta, you, gotta, you know, you gotta get out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, you gotta well, get out there. To... You got a great universe already. Yeah, we're well, doing short stories. We're doing animated shorts. Like, whatever. But we need, we need a bit extra. Come on, I think they talk to, didn't they talk to Brandon Sanderson about making Overwatch books at the very beginning? I believe they did. Like, he was talking about it on his stream a while back huh. about how Overwatch approached him, but he wasn't interested because he prefers to write, like, from his own stuff yeah, rather than I doing things for corporations. The trouble with that is that it needs to be done. Like, like I was saying earlier, like, the double-edged sword of having the framework, the universe built, but none of the substance yet is that when you actually do get down to the substance, you need to do it well, otherwise people are just going to be disappointed. Um, like a... Uh, League of Legends announced that show, uh, Arcane, yeah. the animated show, uh, where they said it would come in 2020, but obviously, you know, this was announced October uh, 2019. Uh, things obviously changed, you know, with uh, COVID and whatnot, but they even at that time didn't know who would be the distribution partner for it yet. They didn't like seem like they kind of had one. Well, I also think that it's a bit of a new thing, right? So I think part of making an announcement before knowing the platform is just to show platforms that there's a big, like, demand for it. Or, well, I, won't, I, won't say, I don't want to say demand, but it, it spurs some interest. You know, uh, we've I seen some shows come and go in the past, but I think it's totally doable for, like, season one or whatever. You know, yeah. get it going. A lot of the Overwatch stuff at the moment, though, doesn't really have the... Um it's designed to be incredibly hopeful. Like all of the arcs are very hopeful. The, um, you know, the outcome yeah, is the always... bad guys. It's like, yeah. I can relate to this bad guy or like, you need like well, a big bad of the overall kind of. Yeah. The, there isn't game. very much. Um, there isn't very much like internal strife within the characters. A lot, They're very pure, incredibly pure. Which is, is great, and it's exactly what Overwatch is going for when you're aiming for that kind of market. But you would have to make some fairly significant alterations to make them great characters for like a big, uh, you know, long-running series or something like that. The, the absolutely perfect main characters don't really hold up over time, I think. What if they combat climate change? I think that's very on-brand for today's world. And it's mm. like overarching Haven't they already antagonists. Solved it? Have they? I think I mean, so. They got made. Did they solve the climate change? You I know think what? they solved it in the Overwatch universe, yeah. What? But then if, if, they, if they had, wouldn't know. May have not been frozen for like 50 years? She was, a, was. She, was a, um, she was a researcher. Yeah, but wasn't she frozen? And then she woke up and all of her friends were dead. I mean, they weren't. I yeah. mean, yeah, they were I dead. Know. I don't know. We're getting into the... I don't know. Dude, whatever. 
<laughs> I, cool, cool more that's, stories. That's Brent's. That's Brent's. Uh, uh, I think uh, segue to a next topic. Oh, whatever. Listen, new good. law, good. Yes. Okay. Yes. We but love the law. New law equal good. Zog, and Sajjan wants to know more about the robots having consciousness. I, yeah, I don't think that would be kind of cool. Say, yeah. Actually, yeah, I'm actually down. I, with I think. Almost the most interesting thing about the Overwatch universe is how the is like the humans interact with the Omni. That's like yeah. the most interesting thing in the entire universe to me. How does Senyata float? No, I don't mean the mechanics Answer of it. No, it's got some like you could you could totally spin it in some like Westworld type of vibe, right? With like the Omnics versus the humans. Yeah, exactly. And like how they've come to to live together with each other. And I don't know. I think there's really interesting philosophical things directions that you can go with the story there mm-hmm. i mean even like mandalorian it's like no real story it's like they call it like a western because it's just a guy doing missions and just fighting antagonists <laughs> that, every that, episode but i there's feel no, like, like cont- okay if you we, we, we're getting into it now but if you when you look at mandalorian <laughs> it's yeah it's so it's so polished and so good right from top to bottom in terms of mm-hmm. how how well it's produced and the editing and but the substance of it is not quite there again. Yeah. There's nothing really there. It's right? not there. It's like a little little side quest. Every episode's a side quest. Um, yep. And I mean that would work with Overwatch, but it would have to be again yep. really really polished. But that is kind of fitting to I suppose the theme of how Overwatch has been brought up. Right? Is like or you the characters. Like, uh, yeah. The characters are. They are like they have this one cornerstone that they abide by. It feels like a lot of the time. A lot of the nuance is going to be in the comics, but generally, like in the game, you've got Tracer. I'm trying to do good, you know, and she's like jogging around. <laughs> you got Reaper being like, you get your Tracer. Reaper's like, I am. One more time. I'm dead. Life sucks. You should be a voice actor. Yeah. He tried to. I tried to. When? Yeah, like a few months ago, you were like t- reading voices, like quest lines on stream or something. I mean, that implies I, I mean, like that's I... just kind of him trying to entertain the stream. I yeah, wouldn't that's say just that's me doing it. No, but you literally <laughs> said, I, no, you said in the clip, like, someone hire me for like voice actor work. Because mm. you were like reading some, uh, I don't know, some witch quest line. And you were like, he also said he's going to move to some island to be a surf coach. Go out and collect five skulls from the trolls for me, <laughs> and I will reward you. I actually copper. think I would. I would bang for doing like fucking high fantasy voice acting. Mm. Just give me a very... tracer again. Yeah, like tracer. tracer again. Oh, I'm yeah. tracer. I'm doing good. I'd love to hear the Bren, Bren's Cockney Wood Elves. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Wood Elves wouldn't be Cockney. Where would they be from? Don't know. I give don't me a Wood know. Elf. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a wood elf and I'm from Scotland. I get the fuck out of my tree. You daft cunt. Alright, let's uh what, what the hell are we talking about? We talk about, about? The, uh, the other uh, uh, we we finally saw Jeff. <laughs> yeah, the developer update. That's true. Uh, yeah, and, and Jeff uh he didn't have the beard. 
uh leads mm. me to believe like we're getting some type of a bigger news you know jeff cleaning it up uh no like like you're saying he's a drug addict and he's cleaning himself up what are you talking about man he's, he's cleaning himself up for blizzcon line oh oh i see uh <laughs> it's like i can't imagine a more i do love i do nice, love how it's just like dude i assume like it's just jeff in his backyard just like providing game updates like it's a nice it's, backyard it's, it's pretty pog yeah it looks like an awesome backyard uh he kind of goes into the uh symmetra story and whatnot uh one of the cool things though is the new uh i priority. believe they're calling it the priority pass yeah mm -hmm. so Essentially, the way it works is you can bank up these priority passes. I got this, uh, Matt. By filling in, I got it. Uh, Don't worry. In rank. Okay. You what can, do you want to do? Can, basically, you can you by playing high demand roles, you can gain a priority pass. Yes. You can have up to forty at one time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Currently, and it they're gives talking you about moving that number faster queue times. Yeah, for as, other roles. Like yes. other roles. Okay. For other roles. So uh, yeah. if there's a need for tanks or supports and you're willing, I believe the way they kind of said when you opt into it, you basically opt into queue for all three roles. Uh, and if you win the game, you get more priority passes than if you would lose the game. It's a cool system. Yeah. It is a really good I like system. That. Yeah. Uh, immediately when some people, I know that this is going to be a comment that goes up online somewhere, but people will be Probably saying in our well, YouTube comments. I, I don't want to be queuing DPS and get terribly long queue times because everyone's using their priority pass, but that's not the point. Like the, the reason the queue times will be faster for everyone is because people are incentivized to not queue DPS as often. They're, yes. they're incentivized to queue other roles to get the Like priority. capitalism. What? <laughs> it's like Explain. capitalism. Explain. In what Supply way? Supply and demand. <clears throat> okay. The, right. the more people try and queue DPS, the longer mm. the queue times become, and thus mm -hmm. the more attractive the option of playing for the, for the flexi prio pass is. But yes. if everyone plays the flexi prio pass, then queue times overall get queue times overall get lowered. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so really less people do the flexi prio. I don't understand supply and demand. I can't hear you. What is, where did you go from there to capitalism? Supply and demand. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea though of this uh, format. It incentivizes people to fill, but then also try and win while filling and not just kind of like, cause you can imagine if you didn't give the buff of, I guess, winning and getting the passes, people would just kind of queue in not give a shit because they're playing in their off role what happens with the game uh, and then just kind of move on. But if, if it gives them more of an opportunity to play the role they like, but faster, uh, you, you probably see people try really hard at it. Should we? I, I like it. Should we talk about the Overwatch League? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I've, there anything I've realized that I've got, I've got to go soon. Uh, the, video, the video actually had one thing about... Um, uh, replay viewer. Yeah, about the yeah. replay viewer, but the, it was just some enhanced tools for people who want to make frag movies and do observing. So it's it's uh, it's cool, but it's cool. not specific stuff that most people would know about, really. All right. Still cool that he talks about it, you know. Definitely, yeah. It is. yeah.
So but they're still working on features like that. Yeah. Paris Eternal. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Oui, oui. Little French team. Yeah. Huh? Oui, oui. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Oh my God. Huh? What, the, what is going on with this team? Ah, uh, omelette au fromage. Uh, they've dropped everybody, including their French players. Who was the remaining yeah. French players? Was soon. Bembas, was it? Yeah, Nico. I mean, all of these. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah, a lot of these players already said that they were looking for team. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and they now they're did. only just announcing it. The, what the hell is going on with this team? I mean, Johnny, you said it. You said it best. Yeah. I mean, they, they have no one on their roster, right? Uh, I, I don't know that because no. FD God goes to uh, the shock and the next seat of the fuel. So no, they have nobody left. Uh, so they're they're just rebuilding from scratch. Where you know, they probably got uh, pretty good deals for all those players and coaches that went to Dallas, uh, save some money and try and build a team out of EU contenders is what I assume is going to happen here. I mean, let's be real. They're going to be shite. Let's absolutely just set that they'll out. Be the yeah, they'll, they'll be bad. They'll be bad. No, they're going to be bad. They have no they have no staff at the moment, and they have one poor woman, Avala, running everything for them. I mean, Avala could be a, a fucking just omniscient god queen, and she wouldn't be able to put together a great team here because there's yeah. just no support from everybody. The uh, every player who's left, though, said she's doing a tremendous job to yeah. put together something yeah. that... She's great every time that job. I've interacted with yeah. her. The problem is, one woman can't do that much work on her own. It's just unfeasible. And and like running all of those trials and selecting the players as well, you need like some staff or a core or some kind of vision to build around. It's it's a maybe they have a coach they haven't announced yet. Maybe, but it would have to be somebody. I mean, if there was, then they would have to be included on the. Um, on the stuff that's actually going on, like the scrims that are actually taking part right now. Right. And I, I'm not even, like, not from anything that we've heard or that has been leaked, actually, as well, because Fact Fiction actually accidentally leaked <laughs> some of the Paris scrims that was happening. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, I feel so sad for Avala because she did such a great job last year, and now she's been saddled with a, an impossible task to make a competent team for next year. I am perhaps a bit more of an optimist. Not in yeah. the sense that I think they'll do well in any shape or form, but I think we have to wait until we see the players. Because I think... Well, never mind. I'm not going to make a comparison to that team because that would be ridiculous. But what? I still think we should just wait <laughs> to see what players they sign, okay? Because I think that there's, there's actually uh, some bad teams in the league, okay? And it's not out of the question to perform better than some teams if you just yeah. pick up like a solid bunch of players. And even, even like channeling some of that like us versus them mentality, like, hey, we got this chance in the Overwatch League as rookies. The work doesn't really know what they're doing. We have no real staff. Maybe they'll pick up like a decent coach. They'll pick up some players that are like really are hyped up to play, motivated, almost a little bit like Vancouver Titans last year. Uh, yeah. I would and say... Maybe just get a few wins. Europe is going to be mauled in next year because the London Spitfire are going for the, like, the, the budget European approach as well. And so, I mean, it's what? It's going to be Boston, London, and Paris are your teams at the moment that... Yeah, I was going to say... Are, just... are doing that. Um, Vancouver, maybe? The closest team to this kind of situation, I think, would have been London last year. Mm, really? But they had really good, or at least really experienced coaches. coaches yeah, they yeah. actually had the coaching staff, right? They had Agape and they had Pavane, right? I mean, it's a bit there, like there isn't really... A, in season one. There isn't really a scenario like this. 
It is, I mean, yeah, it's like Boston Uprising Season 1, except Boston Uprising Season 1 had just, like, an incredible coach that they found. So, does one of those exist to Maybe. build a god squad for Paris out of non-Korean You're talent? looking at him. <laughs> You're looking at him. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think they're kind of screwed here, honestly. Um, but the, the one... I don't know if it's an upside, but what, do you remember at the beginning of the offseason when we were saying there's going to be like four or five super teams, the rest of them are going to be budget teams? The, the later it goes in the offseason, this always happens, but it always seems like teams end up realizing, oh, wait, this player's available? And then everyone just kind yeah. of tries to make a mad dash to build yeah. a good team at the same well, time. We, we talked about that, I think it was like two or three episodes ago, like... Yeah. eventually it's going to get a point where there are pretty good players available for these teams who probably didn't no. know if they could be or would be competitive. And I, you yeah. can actually put together a solid roster. The point I was going to make was that there, there are, I don't think that opportunity is there for Paris. Like picking out the Elwich League, not really uh, going to be happening. There's a lot of good players still, yeah. I think, looking for a team. Um, but I imagine they're going to be snatched up by other options. You, you, at this point, they are just taking a gamble on a contenders team or contenders players uh, yeah. and building off the back of yeah. that. But look at even uh, the Titans. They hit on a few of those players, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, but they also they, still had a disastrous season. And yeah. They did. They, it was they had season. like the fans were reasonable to them. I feel because there were large mitigating circumstances. When you're the Paris Eternal and you've given away a top three team in North America, and you've like literally sent away a roster that could have potentially won you a championship with a couple of upgrades, and you pick up contenders players, the fans are going to be fucking ruthless, well, especially because do. you gave they'll up a bunch every, of French players. They'll give every fan, uh, they'll pay out dividends on all of the players that they sold to all of the fans. <laughs> there you go. And all the fans will be happy. All the fans like, get uh, what? Two dollars. Some kind of a, a Hastro bucks. Is it the Packers that are publicly owned? Yes, the Packers are yeah. publicly owned, like basically like a kind of like, yeah, run by the, not like community, but like. God, like that, a, that is great. Give Paris Eternal back to the people. Viva la revolution. Give r slash competitive Overwatch the reins. And then they only have themselves to blame when shit True. goes wrong. Yep. That, yeah. that would be a fantastic experiment for one year, wouldn't it? Just, well, I mean, the fucking balls of a GM to just say, actually, we're going to have Reddit run our team this year. <laughs> I'd love it. Wait, Paris... so is it... it... Never mind, what were you going to say? No, never mind. I'm just I was going to move on and just say Paris yeah, are yeah, fucked. Yeah, just, just do it. I mean, yeah, pa Paris are fucked. Let's move to a team that aren't as fucked. Dallas Fuel, because they picked up a bunch of these players, haven't they? Boom. We got Exy coming in. Easy peasy. Easy yeah. peasy. Hastro making money moves. He tweeted that he's exhausted. He didn't say exhausted. He said, I'm tired at the end. But he's finalized the Dallas Fuel roster with Exy, Jex, uh, Jexa, and Fearless. So this is looking like yeah, this team might pound. Yeah? Yeah. They could be the quite good, this team. Yep. Okay, it could still, be good. There are still. Wait, wait, why does Dallas have Jeff as a what? profile? <laughs> it's, I mean, all the teams are doing it. Yeah, all, all the teams really? are the Overwatch that, yeah. League. That's yep. pretty good. Well, not Paris. Uh, Paris went in on a joke. <laughs> no, not I'm, yet. No. Well, Paris don't have anyone to run their social because they fired everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a valor when she gets around to it. She'll update the profile picture once she's finished doing all the trials and all the coaching and all the scouting. Um,. 
I this roster does excite me, but, but I am concerned as to the expectations and the fact that there are still some holes here. Exe sure. to me, I've got a conspiracy theory that both Exe and <laughs> conspiracy. Yeah, conspiracy theory here. Yeah. Because uh, the Dallas Wheel have put out a lot of information about their building process this year. Um, they've done multiple, uh, Hasbro has done multiple interviews with a bunch of different uh, people saying, uh, you know, talking about the team, talking about why they've made these changes, talking about what they aim for next year. And he's, he's tried to be level-headed about it and saying, you know, there's no guarantees, but this is how we did it. Uh, he talked to somebody recently, um, I, I think at GG Recon or something, and he was saying, we... Uh, we're in charge of the looking for people on the roster and going and grabbing people, but we are doing it based off Rush's recommendations. So Rush basically gives them like a list of recommendations and they go down the list and they just Guess see my former players. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so that to me is, it's a good idea. It's super simple. Fuel can't fuck it up. There's no, no issue there. You just put the power in Rush's hands and he knows what he's doing. The issue is, or not the issue, but here's my conspiracy theory. Both Exe and Jexa both tweeted stuff like I um the the Paris oh, like they didn't have like, offers or stuff like yeah 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 so Exe didn't tweet it but someone involved with Paris had said that Exe never got an offer from Dallas who knows whether that's true but that is something that was said from within Paris and then Jexa tweeted all of these offers or opportunities keep passing me by something like that and so I it's my I'm. I'm thinking here that these were not the first choices for Dallas, that instead they were trying to go after some other big name main support mm. and, uh, and uh, hit scan, but perhaps people who are more like big names than, than Jexit and more well-rounded than XE. Um, and instead they've kind of settled, but they're still very good people to settle onto. Yeah. I just like, wonder if they can live up to the Their expectations. Yeah, I but mean, can they live up to the expectations of like, like, because you know the Dallas Fuel fans are going to basically like look at this and be like, we won the league. Like, we're going to win the yeah. whole thing. Like, uh, when I take a page I, I, out of Philly's book and what? And cry. Just fall at the finish. A pillow. Oh, cry. <laughs> After they've Jesus. lost another season. I mean, the thing is, Dallas Fuel fans should be used to disappointment. So. Uh, mm. Isn't there like, is there a sport, a meat sports analogy for this? Like for fans being perpetually disappointed in their team, despite the outcomes oh. looking quite good. Uh, well, I mean, uh, like the Boston Red Sox are always like kind of good, but never could win. Same with like the Cubs, but like. Let's, let's look back on the, the years. Season one, Dallas Fuel, the, mm -hmm. the, the envious squad transported over. High expectations. Everyone thought they were going to be good. Kind of dropped the ball. Season two, what the hell did they even do? Uh, mean, season two, uh, they, they almost kind of like ran it back. Yeah. Yeah. They ran it back. We thought that Arrow will get like control with the roster mm -hmm. and like shuffle things around. But then we just saw like Zachary get picked up, right? Um, yeah, they brought in Zachary. Uh, OG started. Uh, what did they? Yeah. They traded for. Uh, note right they had rck they traded for no yeah yeah it was like the, uh, the yeah it was arrows redemption right and then didn't work didn't work and then this year was supposed to be yep this is our time to shine and again gamsu note decay doha um this is a good roster we're gonna start winning Decay's popping off. Yeah. 
Um, and then it just implodes. So, like, I feel like they should be used to disappointment, and they shouldn't be getting their hopes oh. up. But the, but well, they do. That's the cycle of Dallas. Mm. No, I don't think so. But they should I'm have learned by now, one shouldn't of those they? People. No. I looked at this roster, and I was like, how did they mess it up? Like, I looked at it, and I was, like, surprised by how good it was. But still, there's, like, this thought in my head that it's just, like, they're going to disappoint. And I, I just can't wait to see how. But the disappointment no. isn't going to come, in my opinion, because the roster's bad. It's going to come because your expectations are too Are high. ridiculous, Dis yes. Disappointment is where the results don't meet expectations. And the expectations for this team, I tweeted it, and people were, like, I couldn't believe I was underselling them this hard. But I think that the expectations should be uh, that it's good if this team makes top three NA. Yeah. Like, not, not yeah. even top three people overall. People thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, people were like, they should be aiming top three overall or, or win NA. Like, this team is competing with the San Francisco Shock, the Philadelphia Fusion, the Washington Justice. Who else is in North America that's got Gladiators. a... Uh, like Gladiators. Yeah, the Gladiators, Gladiators are like a great team now as well. Like, they could be a top five team and still play really well this season. Yeah. I don't think they should. Like, I think the quality of this team is top three, but it's it's there's no guarantee that you're going to win... NA, there's absolutely not at all. The competition that next year seems even fiercer than it is at the moment. Plus, yeah. you don't you don't have a natural tracer player on the team, and your backline isn't quite as cracked as people might have originally thought it was aiming to be. Mm -hmm. I, no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think we're all in agreement, and we said this last week as well. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but we 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 basically said like the top three. Like top two of you being really optimistic was like your your expectations for for this kind of team even before XC and Jexa came into it, right? I think there was oh, there wasn't even we we reported on Fearless um, last week. Yeah, I think we talked yeah, about yeah, okay. yeah, we did. But but yeah, outside of that fact, I mean, Godspeed to them. Hashtro's got the worst job of all, which is like essentially he's he's the 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 hype train could not be going faster for Dallas Fuel at the moment. I mean, they, we didn't think it was possible. The fans are on board. They've got their merchandise. They've got their Dallas Fuel Jack in the Box themed hats, and they're they're ready to go. You know, they're 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 ready to raring and raring and ready. They want to win North America. Good luck. Dallas um, Dallas should spend most of their marketing budget in the off season because that's when the fans get their hopes up, and that's when they sell merch. <laughs> that's when people get excited and just like, yep, yeah, I'm a Dallas Fuel fan. This is what I live for. And then yeah. slowly as the season goes on, you spend less and less marketing budget because yeah. the results speak for themselves. Yeah. And then you I reboot am, it in like October. I am actually a Dallas Fuel fan now. Like Element Mystic yeah. were always my favorite oh, yeah, sure. uh, tier two team. I love all of these players that they've picked up. I am a mega Dallas Fuel fan for, for the first time. I am starting to become... Okay, this is not a good transition. Maybe we what? shouldn't do it. I was... I don't know. I was going to say, I'm, I'm becoming a bit of an LA Gladiators fan, mm. quite honestly. Mm. Yeah. I, f I feel like they got something going, and I like that they're not like, okay, there, there's one thing to be like, yeah, I'm a big fan of Dallas Fuel. They got so many sick players, you know, Element Mystic, whatever, Coach Rush, so many good pieces. But still, they acquired those pieces, okay? The LA yeah. Gladiators are still, okay, well, they acquired most and stuff. Well, I don't know what the argument is. I like the LA Gladiators, okay? They got a bunch of rosters that are a bit underrated in my mind. People don't really give them the respect they deserve sometimes. And I feel like they're starting to build something here that could really be uh, working next year. So sure. I, I want the LA Gladiators to be a bit of an underdog storyline going into next year and mm. make it big. We'll, uh, we'll talk about the Gladiators a little bit later. Yeah. Um, in other news, Fate 
This guy, he's been playing Overwatch since like what, 1968? Yeah. Um, it's mm. it's kind of crazy. He's, he's, he's going to be joining the Shanghai Dragons. He's going to be rejoining Moon, his, uh, his former coach mm. when he was playing on the Valiant. Uh, this is uh, pretty interesting, actually, because... Fate's, Fate, I think, has kept up with the trends of the tank, like metagame, the way, the styles, and things like that. He's generally yeah. speaking kept up. I mean, I don't think he's ever really been at the top recently, but he's kept up. Now, the question is, how much can coaching do to really turn him into well, the kind of player that Fearless was? Because I, I don't know if it can. Because I think it can. You think it can? The thing is, really? they yeah. had two main tanks. They had Stand 1 and they had Fearless. And at a certain point, they just gave up on Stand 1 and just only really ran with Fearless. I think Fate <sighs> is still a good main tank. And I think sometimes main tanks, they're only, only as good as their team is. Um, I think Florida Mayhem showed last year that Fate still can play at the very top level. And I do think that Fate is a smart guy who thinks a lot about the game. And like these strategies and we've heard stories about him in valiant and like how he likes to have a lot of input in the game and how it's played etc cooperating with coach moon coming into moon's team and being like hey i'm fate i'm a good main tank but ultimately this is your team moon and i'm joining you guys who are still very successful i think they will catch him up to speed because i think he's smart enough to do it i think he has the individual skill to do it like the pure mechanics I, I, I am bullish on this move. I think he's going to replace Fearless quite well. I still think they're going to be a top team. Mm, I, I'm not as high on that. I think we've already seen Fate and Moon together. Uh, this is just like, I guess you put a better core around them. Uh, but I would be a little bit cautious that like Fate and Moon just don't try and like force some stuff and make changes to this team that aren't necessary. Maybe you see some more stand one as well uh, in terms of like maybe they split a little bit more, but it well, seems like towards the end. Well, that's what I was going to say. It seems like for the end for Shanghai, they just kind of even like gave up on the stand one experiment and just kind of stayed with fearless. It looked like they were using stand one for like mostly like Reinhardt stuff, but then they just kind of threw fearless in and like whatever. I don't think this is an upgrade. I don't. At first, like value, don't think it's a downgrade. I need to see how this plays out, though, with like how how him and Moon back <laughs> together kind of affects the rest of the group. I think the only thing <clears throat> I think this is a. I mean, we know why Shanghai did this because Fearless wanted to go over to Dallas, yes. right? Yeah. So you can't sure. say that it's a bad move for Shanghai because it wasn't their decision, right? At the end of the day, like the they were being nice to empower one of their teammates to move to where they wanted to go. But I think for the roster, it's only going to be either a slight downgrade or a big fuck up. That, that mm -hmm. in my head is are the two options. And I think if everything goes well with, with fate and he does what Jonathan says, and he does like adapt to the team and anything like that, I think it'll be a slight downgrade, probably not even noticeable, like pretty, pretty. Yeah, best it's a lateral move. Yeah. But yeah. that's a best. And to me, I see a big, potential issue with um fate rather than being moldable fate always seems to play fate style and moon seems to empower that and enable that rather than mold it and mm -hmm. that i think was part of the original issue with the la valiant as well was that fate had a, an idea of how to play the game the others had a different idea and moon went all in on fate's idea and just kind of tore the team into rather so, uh, than trying to make a compromise yes. in the middle 
I, I'm hoping, and this is where my mind comes from, I, I'm hoping that the dynamics of that um, coach-to-player thingy relationship is a bit different in this case. Because I think on LA Valiant, I could have seen how Fate sometimes would have thought that he was like the smartest guy on the team and he was the best player on the team and he wanted to run it his way. And then Coach Moon was like, yeah, he's like a bit of the leader of the team and I guess we kind of have to do this. I think it's different here now though. Because even though if Moon, uh, sorry, if Fate was good on Florida Mayhem, this is still Coach Moon team. And they were better than the Florida Mayhem last year. And they achieved so much success. This is Fate coming into a strong team already. And now I hope that his like confidence and his ability to lead is a bit like catered and like simmered down like a little bit because it, it's no longer your team okay it's moon's yeah. team yeah. it's mvp flera's team and you're joining them and the, i hope the power dynamic is a bit different do we know that to be the case what i mean i was speculation of course but or you know some rumors you know combined with speculation yeah, but I think if you if you add fate to a roster and you don't have him as the leadership figure, you kind of miss out on what is appealing about fate compared to any other main tank that you could pick up. Um, I, I I I can only see this being a clash. I am extremely concerned about this move. Um, for. And I, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of it does just come down to how well Moon negotiates the situation between Fate and the rest of the team. Like right. whether whether Moon can facilitate this addition to the team properly, or whether the dynamic of calling and the power dynamic gets completely messed up. I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to just whether Moon can do his job really well. Yeah, for sure. Which I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I I air more towards the side of Josh in terms of I think this is going to be a clash, and if if it doesn't, at best, it ends up with uh, it being a lateral move that doesn't propel them forward or backwards. I think come January we'll see the other rosters in the APAC region, and I mean I don't even know if we'll have an APAC region next year or like how they're split up because we don't know about COVID, etc. But let's say there's the APAC region again next year. I think we have to judge the other rosters in the region as well before we can evaluate if this was worth it for Shanghai mm. or if they had yeah. to upgrade their roster to stay as good as they were last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a very good take, actually, Johnny. I think it's, uh, it's important to keep in mind. Thank you, Brian. Thank yeah. you. It's important to keep in mind. Uh, just looking at my little shopping list here, the next thing we got is Philadelphia <laughs> Fusion because they've been quite naughty. They've been dropping a couple of players. They um, have been naughty, haven't they? Yeah. So Sado, Fury, and Ivy are going to be departing the Philadelphia Fusion here. They got rid of Sado. And Josh, you were heartbroken about it. I mean, I stayed on the phone with you for a couple of hours. Yeah, and Ivy, <laughs> and you just wouldn't stop balling. Um, obviously, Mano coming in to, to replace uh, Sado for that uh, aspect. Fury did not get as much playtime as one might have thought last year when they actually brought him in. Um in fact, they kind of split the playtime between him and Poco. I think towards the tail end, it was more Fury, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. But early on, it was very much splitting the play style or the the playtime. I feel like um, with, with Poco, and I think they have a lot of faith in Poco's ability as an off tank player to carry this. So when I see Fury leaving, I'm I, f I see this as them freeing up resources to allocate to positions where hopefully they're able to get more out of the roster. Is how I'm looking at this, the Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Because he, I think 
if you just read this, you're you're thinking, well, this is just ridiculous. This is egregious. This is one of the best off-tank players, if not the best off-tank player in the world, and they've let him go. But I, I think there's only so much value you can get out of the off-tank position, and Poco does fill it quite well. Poco's I mean, very good. Just for a moment, I just looked up the stats, and actually Fiori played twice as much as Poco did this season. Yes. So even though they were split in time at the beginning... Mm -hmm. With Fury playing more and more towards the end, he ended up racking up something like 17 versus 9 hours mm -hmm. um, overall. Uh, I, I think also what goes into like the Fury versus Poco decision is that like Poco is kind of like one of the faces of this Philadelphia Fusion franchise, right? Like mm -hmm. if Fury is demanding, you know, top money on the open market as like an off tank, like you already probably like have uh, Poco on a pretty nice contract. You know Poco's good enough. Uh, I I believe Poco's good enough to be like obviously a starting uh, off tank on one of the the higher ranked teams. Uh, that's kind of probably where some of these decisions come from. I would not be shocked because uh, we were wondering, you know, who is KDG bringing into Toronto? I would not be shocked if this core goes to Toronto with KDG. Ooh. Oh, and you have that would and, be and, spicy. And you oh, have them follow so KDG. Uh, for everything I've read and kind of heard is that these players really liked playing for KDG uh, and just kind of the system that he had. So to see these types of moves, uh, you know, when Toronto is looking for players, I could see Why? a lot of these players, maybe even Hisu, uh, okay. going over to Toronto. Why do I get the feeling that that would be wasted potential? Why? Wait, from these players or? It would be the Toronto. same kind of like, it would be like a a, a a similar core just playing for Toronto. I don't think I mean, you could build a good enough team around Fury. Well, what do you mean? You're saying if they had, if they literally had Sato, Fury, uh, let's say Sato, Fury, Ivy, Hisu, yeah, Logics, and and two supports, they wouldn't be a decent team. Yeah, but it wouldn't be better than a Philadelphia Fusion. You're just you're building like a worse fusion, right? I feel like it's. Uh, I feel yeah, like you I want to get Fury and Sado. I think as well, very reasonable, and Hisu and Ivy. I think they're all good players, but you you generally want to supplement them with better pieces around well, it. I mean, you could make you could have made an argument. I I believe Sado would have been a way better move for somebody like Shanghai than Fate. Like, I, I think you can make that argument yeah. where you I rather would have brought in but, Sato, but... But the, 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 the thing is, though, you're not making a worse fusion because these players aren't on fusion anymore. Yeah. Right? So you're not comparing... It, you could compare... So say these players... I'm, I'm go comparing to last year. Right. But last year's roster isn't competing this year, so you don't have to beat that team. You know what I mean? Like, you could, be, you could finish ahead of Philadelphia by having last year's core of Philadelphia. Because you, I, I new mean, Philly aren't looking to downgrade. They aren't looking to downgrade, but they might accidentally, because that oh. fucking looks like it's what they're doing from the outside at the moment. That's what I wanted to ask. I mean, we don't have a... Topic. If you had to pick a tank line, would you pick Mono and Poco or Sardo and Fury? Sardo and Fury! Exactly. So this is a downgrade. Yes, that's, then, what, uh, that's what I believe anyway. I also believe that the loss of Ivy is really going to hurt them. And I think that continuing to build around Carpio, unless you have another player to supplement it, doesn't 
provide the benefits. Also, Mano and Carpe's playstyles don't fit together at all. So what the fuck kind of Frankenstein roster are we building over here, Philadelphia? I'm are not you just throwing money fan. at the I mean, wall and seeing what yeah. sticks? What's happening? Like, I, I, I'm, missing, I'm missing the clear aim. Like, what's the aim yeah. here? And, we, the and they don't have, uh, don't get they it. don't have keys to anymore either. Uh, we well, that well that's not well, announced. Uh, we're not like, sure. But he just rumors. removed all of his... He yeah, removed yeah. all his fusion stuff. Yeah. Uh, they did was... announce, though, what? Carpe, they announced Poco and uh, Alarm. Alarm and Funny Astro are yeah. coming back. All good players. All good players. Yes. Um, and the backline is going to continue to be one of the best in the league. Absolutely. Yep. Funny Astro Alarm is just sick. Carpe, I think, personally, needs somebody on the bench that's going to be able to be an option to replace him, it, to, like, spur his development on. Yeah. Um, we, we have, and I also think that this tank line is just, it just I, doesn't fit with the rest of their team. I would agree with you on the tank line. And I think I do if we're just looking at that alone. But I think it's, you need to consider the fact that they're, they're uh, like structured as the coaching staff that's surrounding them now is arguably much better, I think, in the form of 9K coming in. He's a, <sighs> 9K is a proven... <sighs> A, a literally a proven top coach in terms of being able to form and get the best out of players like that is legit yeah. proven mm -hmm. now and he's, is, he's been is. he's been doing it on the shock he's been doing it on he did it on the Pius eternal and now he's going to be doing it on the philadelphia fusion so there, here's the thing with mano as well i think there's entirely a world in which he's just been essentially stunted in terms of his growth by his surrounding structure yeah. over the past couple of years and there's yeah, entirely a world that. in which he just comes out and blows all of our expectations yeah. out of water. But but there's oh. also the world in which it's his playstyle that has been stunting at the NYXL. It's sure. so hard mm -hmm. to tell because there's never been any like serious mixing and matching. Like Mano has been in constantly the theme, the 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 like core of the team the entire time. So it's Probably, very possible you know, that he was the problem. But but still, 9K could still fix that. For all but, we know, though, Mono had, like, some of the highest value in the market in terms of tank trade value. Like, we really don't know, right? Mm. Uh, well, I'm sure he did. Probably... I mean, most teams would love Mono. Yeah, I mean, that's stuff we won't know until, like, the the uh, free agency kind of ends and we start to hear more. But I, I imagine Mono was probably sought after by a lot of teams because I think a lot of teams probably thought in more of the line of Bren where, wait, we've seen Mono play really strong in the past. Uh, I don't believe he's kind of done just needs a change of scenery maybe awesome. can, can I, I get something clarified yes based on 9k's experience on san francisco shock and paris eternal what about his experience makes you so confident that he's a better coach than kdg kdg i've heard I, good things out from the players but 9k i've spoken to players that he has coached all the players okay. speak so highly of 9k uh, as right. an individual, like incredibly highly. And I've also spoke to him myself, like as well. Like, right. I, I haven't really spoken to KDG, but I think both of those players, like, I mean, fair enough, but like all the players I've spoke to that have been coached by him speak quite highly of, of, of them. But 9K, right on, I, I, know, I know for a fact that he's had proven success on two of the teams. Yeah, but all right. and it's that success though that makes me confident about him because he's mm -hmm. taken um, players, if we talk specifically about the Paris Eternal this year, He's, I mean, Rush doesn't speak English. 9K is the guy that's doing the coaching for the English guys. I am like 
90% sure of that. It's not rushed through a translator. I, I don't believe it. Like, 9K is an elite-level coach. He comes in as GM and, like, gives up the head coach position to Rush. I'm sure that he is still coaching. From speaking to him and from speaking to the players, he is... I would credit the majority of the improvement of people like Nico and Ben Best and Soon and the like system and structure that they play with to be at least 50% to do with 9K and, uh, you know, uh, in that sharing with Rush. So I'm I'm very confident about it. I, it actually lends me to wonder whether 9K is deliberately trying to mix up this team. So it's not like he's coming into oh, Philly. I see. It's like he's got a new system to work with you know right, how maybe we need to hit the reset button to kind exactly. of get everybody we yeah. talked a little bit about can 9k even do anything for this team because they've already kind of built the the system, system they've already yeah. built the culture and oh. if you want to rebuild culture you almost have to kind of rip the team to pieces and rebuild them a bit i wonder whether this is what he's doing right here. right which and it just which, looks weird from the outside yeah which i mean makes sense right you wouldn't get rid of carpe or alarm right uh you know poco uh you look at like the off tank market, like Poco's still pretty good, right? And and he and he wasn't really a huge part of the formula last year, like you mentioned, Josh. You bring in a new main tank that has kind of a new uh kind of play style, I guess. Yeah, and you can you start to form a team that's more of like 9K's identity as rather than him coming into the fusion and try and fix minor problems and convince them they need to change. I mean, they they still yeah. need some big pieces though. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because okay. this is not a finished roster. It, yeah, it's, it's definitely not. We're gonna start um, not churning through the topics, but we're gonna be, I think, uh, speeding up a little bit because we need to finish by a certain time for two reasons: one, prior engagements, but two, we need to, we need this to end roughly when the sub tournament, the Timmy tournament, is starting. <laughs> so we, I, yeah, whatever. I anyway. mean, if the show is three hours long, we'll hit the mark. So. There it is. Yep, we can go three hours. Okay. Well, uh, in that case, it's just prior arrangements that that, uh, that mean we need to speed it up. Um, right, next one. Moff departing the San Francisco Shock. This was mm. rumored for quite some time. Um, and he was also rumored to join the LA Gladiators, both of which have come true. Um, I am a little bit heartbroken at this, honestly. I felt like Moff... I, for the longest time, I was... <laughs> You know, praising Moff, saying how integral he was to kind of the San Francisco MVP, shock in terms of MVP. Yeah, in terms of them playing their their the the, the kind of like not trademark, but their rush style of gameplay, where it the revolves around a lot of the times the Lucio player. I, I you know I pinned a lot of that on Moth as a player. Um, I'm sad to see him go. Um, and I'm a little bit worried, honestly. I'm a little bit concerned about this move to Gladiators, which sounds weird considering the amount of effort the Gladiators are putting in. But I feel like every season, I think Gladiators have had good pieces and they've performed reasonably well, but I don't want reasonably well. I want the best for Moth. You know? I mean, they, I feel like they upgrade massively, though, the Gladiators in terms of support line. Oh, uh, shit, you know, we, Moth. Oh! We, lo well, like, we love Shaz and Big Goose, right? But going from Shaz and Big Goose to Shoe and Moth is just it's a uh, fucking nasty woo, backline. That's a, that, that's a fucking nasty backline. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it is, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Moose and uh, uh, Space, I think that'll be a really strong tank line where, I mean, oh, gee, Jackson! they didn't really get kind of the consistency. You're calling him Moose. Like yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, Bishu actually said that's how it's, about, it's pronounced. 
Really? I saw, uh, yeah, I saw people on Twitter asking, and Bishu responded to a tweet and said that's how you would pronounce it. Yeah. Oh shit, that's so confusing. Okay, uh, all right. I, I, can, I can find it for sure, but uh, and and then you don't know if they're done, right? Uh, I'm sure Moth is probably reaching out to people like uh, Rascal and Super, like, yo, why don't you just come like, like join up? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I mean, I, dude, if this team if this team added Rascal and you were able to go out of the season with uh you know, muse uh space shoe moth birdering rascal kevster that's a six oh it really is so good that's a really that a good squad. squad the the only question there is how moose does at the top level like that that because everybody else is proven everyone and else playing, is like and playing with totally space proven Yes, I'm playing with space because that was part of the OG issue as well, was that the synergy yeah. was just all over the place. Yeah. But I mean, if you got if you actually did manage to get super, if super can be lured away from his billion dollar streaming contract, just doing Minecraft PBs every day <laughs> and, and winning a championship with the shock, if he's willing to go for a move like that and wants to follow Moth, who who refused to build a PC for him during the playoffs. <laughs> Then that would be, I mean, that is like a, a half of the winning World Cup team for the USA as well. You want to know what's, uh, so the hey, uh, the, the Bishu tweet I'd put in the, the live chat on how it's pronounced. And uh, the original thread comes from Halo, who said he needed some clarification because Bren pronounced it Muse on Plat Chat. And he, he, he was, he was not sure, like, if you scroll up, Kurt. And but he didn't. Brent said Muse, tweet. like the like, like the, the, band. Band. the band. Yeah, yeah, that's where it is. Or is it Muse? Is Brent stated on Black Chat? Yeah, I I don't even Brent understand what naming, he's naming. He's just naming players different names at this point. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, yeah. let's Moose. not give uh, Halo any more time <laughs> on the podcast. Um, and uh, <laughs> what, the, what were we talking about? I, I, I want to talk about the shock, the actual, yes. like, the, the, the shock. Okay, because, yeah, they, they brought in a replacement, right, with FD God. What but are... I want to, before we even get to that, though, okay. I want to, like, theorize okay. if they did lose these players, right? If they lose, I mean, they've already said that Rascal's disappearing, right? And yep. Moth. And say they lose Super as well. And Is Violet's the... technically free. Yeah, Violet is still a free agent. If they lose these players... Is there a world in which Shock is no longer your benchmark for like success for like the number one team? What would it take for the Shock to no longer be considered the benchmark for you must be this good in order to win a championship? Because every team right now is measuring themselves against the, against this man right here. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, this was seen so this clip, sick, by the way. By the way. So this was insane. How... I don't even know what he's doing. Okay, so he's doing a this. Minecraft speed yeah, run. He's yeah. doing his PB. He gets knocked in the air, swaps to a boat, uses the boat to land without taking damage. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this, this is uh, this is his speed run. So he's he's literally on record time for his own personal best. Um, I believe he's trying to reset the Ender Dragon's um, pathing so that it begins pathing down to the pillar where he can begin to kill it with beds. Um, but mm -hmm. as he's doing it, he gets blasted. And uh, knocked off the pillar he's building. Um, so here you see he gets blasted. And time slowed. I believe he described it as time slowed down for me. And I began to just go through the motions of pulling out okay. the boat. Because that is literally, that's like a, 
a fucking one tick maneuver to be to place that yeah. and get in the boat it's so precise anyway we're getting we're really uh, getting into how, the deep, deep so so let's say in a in a hypothetical world they lost everybody uh how everybody how bad, how bad not not i mean uh, everybody that's technically free uh not, right. not sell everybody uh how bad of i mean they still have smurf Choi, aunt's yep. striker tayo and then their support line, I guess, would be Twilight and FD God. Yeah. They're not going to be bad. No. Uh, In no world are they going to be bad. I mean, are they, are they probably a little bit more beatable? Yes. Significantly more beatable? I'm not sure. I think the loss of Violet is the only one that hurts them, in my opinion. The well, one of Violet would Obin? hurt a bit, yes. Oh, but Choi Obin isn't a free agent, is Choi he? Choi Obin's not oh, a free agent, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. If we're talking about only way, if yeah. people that were only free, free agents. agents. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah obviously, sure. if they lose Choi, that's a huge yeah. blow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because what, what I was going to say was like, I I think there are some core players on this team, and I think Trayobin and Violet are among those. And then you can kind of like fill with skill positions around that, especially now when you have FD God, right? Because it's like that. Then you have three core players, and you can like build skill positions around that. I think. Well, I mean, or maybe they. <sighs> Twilight was an MVP candidate. Uh we we know he's that good of a player. I mean, oh, maybe yeah. they believe that more in his starting role, he can match where Violet is. He was but... Jonak level in 2019, dude. It was yeah, insane. But, but Violet plays very differently to a lot but of But maybe their guys. play style is going to change, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, would you say how, how FD God, I think, plays different than Moth, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh, much more aggressive. Playing yeah. But then the case would be that Twilight plays a bit... Or oh. slow than, or does he really? I mean, Violet, yeah, you know, is very well, aggressive. Well, let's put it that way. Yeah. If that was their roster, where would you rank them in NA right now? Or would you, where do you rank them in in terms of overall? If it was, if it was Twilight, FT, God, Striker, Ants, Tayo, Choi, and Smurf, I'd still put them at number one in North America. They probably still are number one in NA. Oh it's yeah, hard to argue with against it. Changes. Yeah, it's hard to argue against it, but at the same time, that roster has then basically no flexibility in your players. You have to run the same six guys every time. Apart from Tayo, but even Tayo, like you're not going to run him over Ansel Striker in a big match at the moment, unless they do serious develop on it, development mm -hmm. on him in the offseason. So that would worry me. Presumably, there's going to be other signings, though, if they did drop those. So yeah, I guess you would still have to rate them number one just you based would... on... Passing You'd have what, like Gladiators, Philly, Dallas, like closing in fast, right? Yeah, I mean, that would be kind very of tight. You'd be looking at, yeah, it would be much tighter than it's been in the past. Yeah, the thing is though, like Shock has just built such a reputation now. I could even see like the narrative, like one or two months into the season, just be like, oh, almost like this year it was like Shock. Maybe they get like a few losses early on, and you see some teams run away with it. But then we know that Krusty eventually it's going to figure it out one way or another. And we just need to like have that. We have to maintain faith in that shock always like pulls it out. Yeah. And they always... Maintain faith in the Church of Krusty. The Church of Krusty. Preach, sign up. brother. Preach. Yep. <laughs> Give me the commandments. Let's go. As, as sad as it was to see Moth leave this team, and it really is like a chapter closing in, in his career and in the San Francisco Shock's history... I think FD God is the best replacement you could possibly get. Oh, yeah. yeah. This guy yep. is a nuts. crackhead when it comes to the main supports. <laughs> he's so mechanically yeah, gifted. Yeah, he is so he's, gifted. He's French Lee Jagon. 
That's how I think about him. Yeah. And it, and once you get him on a team that has that where he is supported in the same way by like a really good team that has very good structure and they all know what they're doing and you give him Krusty to work under, I think he's just going to continue to get better and better. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I think we've covered a decent amount here about the, about the shock. The, 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 I mean, a conclusion we've all come to, I think it's a hard, hard argument, but I think they would still be the number one, assuming that we're working off the current information. Like, they still would be the number one team mm. in North America. They deserve it. Yeah, you know what would be fun, actually? Maybe not for this episode, but for later off-season episodes. We should do a preseason power rankings that just updates with new signings. So, like, we have to to rank the teams each week when we don't even, like, we don't know who's on Toronto. So where do we rank them? (laughs) But then as they get new signings, they move up and up the table, that kind of stuff, you know? I think that would be really fun, actually. Yeah. I'll consider it. I'll maybe put it in the docket. Um, <laughs> Thank you, a wise one. Guangzhou are a team, and they've made a lot of changes, actually. Uh, in fact, so much so that we got them split into two segments. But the first is going to be them um, departing ways with Happy Nero Shu. Really quite surprising. Shu was, again, standout player, as he has been pretty much every single year. Nero, also quite mechanically skilled. Um, I know there was a period of time where he took a break in the middle of, of this year. Um, yeah. So his motivation, obviously, like a lot of players, I think, was dipping, um, decided to take a break. Happy, always just, I mean, I say this in the nicest way possible, but just horrifically mechanically skilled. Um, he, uh, he, yeah, I mean, just a real good, real good gamer, real good aimer. Um, about to drop 16 bars on you. The, the, just overall, weird that they would yeah. drop some of these players, in my opinion. Uh, it's definitely just a complete rebuild. I believe uh, they keep only Krong uh, in terms of their roster from last oh, year. Rio, right? Isn't he still there? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think they kept Rio. Why do Didn't I feel they? like they let him go? Maybe they kept Rio. Uh, uh, in my head, they yeah, still have the same tank line. All right. I, I mean, I don't even know. They, I don't I even know where to sure check. I was pretty sure they let go of uh, Rio as well. But he's still on Liquipedia. That okay. doesn't hold a lot of weight. Wait, but. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited for where some of these other players are currently going or are rumored to be going. Uh, I think Guangzhou, let's see. Uh, uh, so Rio, uh, it says the team can exercise the option until November 13th. So I guess we just don't know on, yeah. uh, on uh, Rio yet. Nice. Uh, they still have Eileen. Uh, Eileen and Krong uh, would be the two that they have. Yeah. Not much uh, they're so, working off, really, is it? No. Uh, Shu, we know, goes to the Gladiators. Uh, and then the uh, rumor, which I think would actually be quite cool, is uh, Nero and Happy would join Dante as the DPS core of the Houston Outlaws. Yeah. Which uh, I think that, that is a really solid three damage dealers to rotate through. Happy, Nero, and Dante. Yeah. yeah. I actually thought Happy would be one of the people that joined the Dallas Fuel. Because yeah. he fit their hit scan role perfectly. He's also played Tracer in the past, something that XE isn't as known for, and neither are the other players like Doha and Sparkle. And he used to play for Element Mystic as well under a different name, Vesta. So that was my personal theory, but I'm almost more excited to see them all play for Houston. That would yeah. be amazing. Cool, Matt seems to be putting in work. Yeah, pulling out the funded. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Now, you want to talk about Guangzhou first or Nero to Yeah, yeah. yeah we saw, first as a team. Yeah, we I don't the, really uh, know where uh, to go from here. Yeah. Well, they've already signed people to yes. replace them. At the yeah, moment. they have. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like, Mandu and Kariv mm. for supports. I don't know why. I'm not excited. But I really like that. Mandu. <laughs> You like Mandu? <laughs> from I, I've I've just been watching some vods because I I, re, uh, I watched some vods on him uh, during the season when NYXL picked him up, and apparently he's this like Chad aggressive Lucio player. That's you know it's like we have a few of those already, but apparently he is one of those players, and I'm just kind of pumped because I love that playstyle and I love what those players can do. I obviously we still have to see more from him because he didn't get a ton of playtime on New Excelsior, yeah, like if little. any, it was very little. Yeah, yeah, um, he did like two maps or something. Yeah. But still, I don't know. Like knowing aggressive Lucio players, I, I I can't wait to see more Mandu. So, and I think it speaks to uh, Carib's season how all of his highlights were taken from the Valiant year. Uh, for for, <laughs> yeah. his, for his video. Oh my god. Maybe uh, maybe Carib is still that good, and Toronto was just that bad all yeah. year. And that's what like I there's think. still a good player in there. Because uh, Carib was. I mean, when when you thought about flex supports last year, he was very good, uh, up near the top in terms of what we considered. Well, yeah, I think Kariv. I mean, I, the trouble the is flex support was such increased. a yeah, yeah the such a contested crazy. role. I mean, I, he definitely had some moments on Toronto, but that team I don't think was set up for success. To be honest, it felt like a it felt like um I don't know Toronto last year felt like a Western team. Uh, like the, the attempt was to try and gather fans off of popular personalities. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As opposed yeah. to building a team to to win, it was it was very odd. outlaws old esque. Yeah, old yeah. Outlaws -esque. I mean, yeah. The friendly bunch. Um, like as but, as hot as this take may be, Kariv <laughs> is probably going to be below average next year. Mm -hmm. I I and, agree with you, Josh. I agree. With you. And you and you're probably looking like. A chunk below average. I'm not really sure, like where a lot of these teams are going to end up, you know, finding their talent and stuff. But there's considering the wave of new talent that always comes up from Korean contenders that tends to be at the top level, yeah. and just the sheer amount of good players you already have in the league, he's he's almost certainly in the bottom ten of starting, uh, starting flex supports. And I don't, you wouldn't have said the same about Shu. So I yep. think this is just a strict downgrade in that. I'll also, I respect your opinion. Okay, go on. I mean, I, and also I was just going to say that Chara was such a fantastic Brigitte player, and I know That's that true. might feel like a bit of a meme for some people, but he really was like having mega impact on that role. And mm -hmm. so you've you've gone from, it's not the greatest backline in the world, Chara and Chu, but it's it's solid, and on certain uh, on certain picks it can be top tier, whereas. I don't really know where the Mandu Kariv can be top tier on any. Like, what are you looking for? Lucio Anna is probably their best. Oh, Lucio, yeah. And then are they still going to be top tier? I don't. Uh, yeah, think I don't. So. I, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, who have they got as their coaches? I think it's Arachne from uh, from Talon, who is actually a really. Oh well, yeah, we well, didn't talk uh, about that. It was coach. a massive pickup. That yeah. is actually a big pickup. Yeah. Um. I respect your opinion, Josh, and based on last year's performance, or this year's performance, I do think it's fair to have that take. I still err on the side of, I don't think Kariv was in a position to shine last year, 
or this year fuck whatever we want to say yeah yeah in 2020 i i I think sometimes as well caravan toronto defiant he had to push his limits and play out of character what a great flex support does because he had to give like 120 percent for the toronto defiant to like pull them across the finish line like i remember some wonky games for toronto defiant like facing elimination against like boston uprising or something where cariv just went nuts and most of the time it was just him like going aggressive like absurd angles like punishing boston uprising's positional mistakes and just like playing ranked almost that's what it felt like some of the time (laughs) obviously I, I, I still think that Kariv is a really good flex support, but I don't think he's been in a position to shine until like some versions of Valiant or whatever. I still think he has to prove himself, and I don't think that playing with Mandu necessarily until Mandu is proven is the greatest support duo to ever exist either. I don't know if that's going to unlock all of Kariv's potential and give him a fair shot, but I'm still erring on the side of... I think Kariv have, have what it takes. He needs to be in a position where he can shine and really fulfill his potential because I don't think he really was that on front of the final yeah. this year. Yeah, I, I hold a very similar opinion to you, Josh. I think I'm, I'm seeing this as a bit of a downgrade, um, honestly, uh, with, with Kariv coming in. Uh, I, know, I mean, Kariv has a lot of fans. He's a skilled player, but I don't think he's going to be... Uh, the level of which people place Kariva in their heads in terms of the rankings, I, I think it's only getting more competitive year on year on year. And last year was a bad showing. And he's essentially, if you think about it, when you get placed on a bad team like that, it's quite a bit of catching up, I think, once you join a new team. Like, you, you've almost got to... <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 definitely like you've missed out on a year of development. Re, yeah, you've, you've missed up. out yeah. on a on a year of development where you've just been stagnating and everyone else has been improving somewhat. So it's it's going to be a hard ask. I'm not saying it's impossible. I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking back at this in a year's time, you know, making fun of my bleach blonde hair and Matt's beard because <laughs> Matt's shaved for some reason and Josh has got his hair back. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 we are wrong. But at the same time. The, those are the feelings I have coming into it. Anyway, uh, Atlanta all, Rain have made. I mean, sorry, ahead. they've also they've also picked up two new DPS players as well. The Guangzhou Charge, really, uh, from Contenders. Yeah, and I'm gonna fucking butcher the pronunciations of one of them, but one of them is called Kaylee, um, from, and he's a Chinese player um, that uh, played in uh, Chinese Contenders as well. Mm. I'm not familiar with him. I don't. I don't know how good he is at all. But uh, it seems like he plays a, a bunch of different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know even wh- whether he'll be fully integrated onto the team. They did get a great work. They did get great work out of Eileen this season, um, but that was like a w- with all of the Chinese players that join Korean teams. There seems to be a bit of a developmental process, so I don't know whether Kaylee's going to start right at the beginning. And then they also got uh, Choi Se Wan, who played for Element Mystic a bit towards the end of mm-hmm. um, the the recent seasons, and he seemed pretty good. So. Uh, again, though, this is, it feels to me like a very developmental team. I, that's probably three out of your starting six are going to be rookies. Maybe two out of your starting yeah. six are going to be yeah. rookies there. I, hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's. And, it, and, I, I mean that with Mandu. Like, okay, Mandu isn't a rookie, but he's incredibly inexperienced because he's only played like five maps ever. He essentially didn't play. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What, what are the Guangzhou Charge going for? There? What is their. I mean, outcome obviously uh, to win, I, but I feel like if you're gonna, oh, I think. Uh, I mean, outside of Kariv, I think this is a roster that you kind of like develop and 
work with over time. Like Josh yeah. mentioned, you have a lot of like good young talent. Uh, they just need you play with each other or yeah. just get more like experience. I will, uh, where yeah. I will well, say Krong this. will be their most, uh, Krong and Kariv uh, will be their most experienced players and Krong's played a year uh, in Overwatch League. So yeah, that is ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah, they're also the oldest players at 22. I mean, there was the whole thing yeah. about Guangzhou having the the youngest team in the league when the when they first started, yeah. and they are right back to that because they've just signed like <laughs> a bunch of 18 year olds basically to yeah. to play with uh, some of the others. I I've forgotten what I was going to say. Anyway, is this Lance a weird take? Before we move on, very quickly, before we move on, is this a weird take that there are so many teams in the league that are going for like? super kind of teams this year and just picking up free agents and stuff that there's an opportunity to just pick up a lot of contenders talent that's unproven because no one else is really doing it well not even is unproven that, that they look good in contenders but what what are they in owl i think if you are one of these teams like guangzhou yeah build for the future right if you can find a bunch of like really talent mechanically talented motivated 19 year olds who want to just grind and put the time in uh, yeah. you, you could invest in that and go that direction. Especially with sure. Arachne as a coach. I, I, I'm bullish on this. Not, not like better than this year when they obviously played great. Mm. But, you know, ho hope is not lost, okay? No, not at all. True. Where are we going, bro? Hey, where are we going, Brennan? Where are we going? Uh, it's funny that you said that, Johnny. Your point about the contenders talent. Because the Atlanta Arena picked up Pelican. Hell yeah. Oh, but Pe Pelican's fucking dope, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can, this... watch, you can watch Contenders just for a very small amount of time, and you'll already know the name Pelican. This guy... I, and, and that's because I have only watched Contenders for a small amount of time, and I still yeah. know the name Pelican. Yeah, he is... Uh, he's, a, he's a sicko, isn't he? He is a bit of a freak <laughs> at the game. Um, and he's joining Atlanta Reign. The trouble is, what have the Atlanta Reign got on their roster at the moment? Because this is a team that's been quite quiet during the off-season. Well, what do you I mean? mean I, they that, well, they already had a full six roster. Yeah, they have a, a Hawk, Gator, uh, Masa, Iris, uh, Erster, and Sharp. Okay. Uh, now they add Pelican. Yeah, I can't help My but prediction? feel like they're stagnating. Stagnating? Well, Someone's going to sign or pick up Sharp. Well, okay. in, in theory... <clears throat> why? why? Why would you feel because like they're stagnating? In theory, they have Edison, Sharp, and Pelican, dude. But what? that's... I think that's I think that's good. Like you want three DPS players that can yeah. rotate with each other like that. No, you just want to stick to Edison and Pelican. I feel like you're maybe limiting yourself in certain matters. I think three uh, is the minimum amount of DPS you want on a roster. What I mean, do you Edison see and Pelican, Pelican playing, playing on this roster? Well, sorry. What what heroes do you see Pelican playing on this roster? Like all of the stuff that um, Erster would have previously done. I think. Yeah. And then I would imagine that Edison specializes more towards the uh, the hit scan kind of stuff. What he was doing post Trace baby and sharp place like the ash and that would make yeah. Sense but also, who the fuck knows? Because Edison and Pelican are both really flexible players. So if they wanna if they wanna swap into all sorts of different avenues and have Pelican instead play a bunch of hit scan stuff, and I mean he's playing Torb in this clip as well. <laughs> so like they they literally do play almost everything. So. Even though that's the way that I would envision it in my head, I don't know that they'll actually do that. They could do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, and uh, I think it's uh, it's a big pickup. I think Edison 
uh, all last year, even like after Baby Bay was gone, and we weren't sure how he was going to adjust to like the long range hit scan, still played really well on like the Ash and the Widow and stuff like that. Uh, where now, as long as the the kind of tank line is what you actually think it is with Gator and Hawk, and then I uh, know Iris, you essentially kind of look at him as a new pickup, right? Because they picked him up like towards the end of last year. He didn't really play that much. They still had Dogman. Uh, and you still like Massa? Maybe Atlanta is a team that kind of goes under the radar and makes some noise. I don't think so. I think this team's going to drop lower. They're going to be in the same situation that Hangzhou were after their initial year, where they didn't make okay. too many changes, and they're going to get left behind. Um, and I don't, I don't think they should be pleased with the way this year went. To be honest, um, I, I just can't see this. I just can't see success with this team. Honestly, with, with they the went ten and eleven last year, didn't they? Yeah, they're almost mm -hmm. certainly going to be negative, in my opinion, this year. The problem is the 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 rest of the pack has increased so much. Yep. And I, I don't. I mean, they're not going cheap. It's not like like they should still be able to beat the the Boston's and the Londons and the Parises of North America, but they are. I don't think they have any chance of being able to beat the Washingtons and Dallas and yeah, maybe know, not. No shock. No, and, I don't think so. Fusion probably, and then I mean, Lord knows what Toronto does. But if Toronto do sign the old Fusion guys, then probably them those as will well. be good. Yeah, yeah. And then you're looking at. They, I think they're going to continue honestly being the gatekeeper team as no, much yeah. as a meme I, as that I is. I think, think that's so. going to be 100 percent true. I think yeah. they're going to slip again, even further. Honestly, I tell you what though, when you start listing out those. Yeah, I don't know. Who do they slip under and behind? I think they slip under. I mean, who did they finish? Houston? Who did they finish above? Past them? Yeah, who did they finish above? Them? Who did they finish above? Like yeah. I said, Paris, London, Boston. I think they didn't finish above Paris. No, sorry. No, he's sorry. saying in this upcoming season. Yeah. Are you asking who they're going to slip below? Right. Yeah. No, there yeah, will be I, people yeah. that they Those slip are the, below. I, I, yeah, I think year. Paris, Vancouver. Paris, London, Vancouver. But almost, I would imagine Atlanta as that middle team between the ones that are spending money to win and the yeah. ones that aren't spending money. Like, yeah. I imagine Atlanta is the ones that are going to sit in the middle. Yeah. I No, I've lost faith in the Atlanta process. I think they need a change in the structure. <laughs> I think they need a change in tank line. I think they need to pick up more supports um, mm -hmm. to share the burden. Is it wrong I mean, that I still believe good. in Gator and Hawk? You, yeah, you shouldn't. Um, I'm on Brent's side on this, I think. I, I think this okay. team is going to slip. Like, I think next year they were a gatekeeper team, but I think even the teams that are going budget that were middle of the pack are going to be finishing above them because they just have a better process on how to build a team and run Ooh. a team. Wait, that is a hot take, though, because who do you actually think that's going budget this year is, that's going to overtake them? Because the teams... Yeah. The teams, okay, the Valiant, though, are not going budget no, this year. Yeah, they already I mean, did it last year, right? Yeah, but it's still like, budget. Not, okay, fair enough. But Valiant also finished above them this year as well. So okay. you can't say that they So I, I mean, I think based off of just, like, listen, any anyone can throw money at a team and pick up a team that's going to beat the teams that aren't spending money, you know, like London, like the Vancouver Titans, like uh, whoever else, uh, Paris, presumably. Paris, Boston. Yeah, anyone can throw throw money at a team and and finish above them at the end of the season. The the point is, you need to try and be effective with what you're doing with your resources. And this team, I think, has consistently mismanaged their resources. Consistently, like they've just had they've had a wrong, I think, they've had a wrong plan from the start. Like even when right at the, at the start mm. when they're 
their induction into the Overwatch League when they had to Fran and Baby Bay. Like, okay, they've got the marketing side on lock. The team is actually pretty good. You know, they're pumping their team to perform well on LAN, everything else. They've got personalities, but they don't have the personalities these days. And I don't think they've got the players either to carry themselves. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't know if the Atlanta, Atlanta fans are going to be annoyed at me with this. I actually, frankly, don't care. Don't. But the, <laughs> the, the, the point, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone's expectations are actually too high for where this team should be. I, I don't think they'll be as bad as you think. I, I think they'll kind of, I mean, they'll be yeah. in the hunt to, like, they'll, they'll have close series with some of those top teams and maybe not win, maybe win a few, pull some out. And then I think, like Josh says, I think they'll beat the crap out of the teams below them. Like the I thing think is, there's only four teams below them. them. Yeah. There's, so they're still going to be a bottom well, of the pack. Well, NA well I cut out when you, when you were saying, Brent, like oh, you know, some of the teams like uh, spending money and like whatnot. Like the more we start to talk about some of these rosters, like the more quality teams I think we're going to have in NA. Like yeah. at least the longer like, it goes, uh, the more that's like. I, I like. I think there's a, like we already talked about the shock. Dallas, we know what they have. Uh, the Florida Mayhem will still be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Gladiators upgrade. Houston looks like they're upgrading. Toronto, if they sign that core from Philly, will be good. Philly will still be good. Like oh my NA could be really stacked. But that's before you mention. That's before you mention Washington Justice as well. And, and, oh and the Justice, God. yeah, with decay. Like there's a lot and, and of sick and teams all of those teams. All of those teams should be better than current Valiant. And yeah, current and Valiant we didn't even were, mention the Valiant, yeah. Current Valiant was still good this year. So that is like, that is what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight teams that you expect to be better than the Valiant this year. I mean, that's wild. Are, which is wild because like one of those teams that has a really pretty good roster is going to lose a significant amount of games or we're yeah. just going to have crazy parity where everybody's able to kind of compete and beat everybody like it could be super sick this is giving me preseason power ranking vibes where we'll just like in in 10 minutes we'll be like yeah atlanta rain is a bottom three team and we'll be Wait, like, what? i mean what? fucking quote how, me on it how did we get there i don't <laughs> think they're gonna be bottom three but i think they are no. literally when you say gatekeeper josh i think they're really just pushing the rest of the bottom feeders down at the bottom of the standings. Yeah. And they yeah, are, they are, they're not gatekeeping yeah. anybody. They're not being let into the big boys club at the middle of the pack. Yeah. Like, that's how I, I see it. I agree them. with you, actually. No, I, I kind of agree with you too, Bren. Like, not as extreme as you, but I do think that I need to see something from Atlanta Rain before I start hyping yeah. them up this season again. I was hurt. I predicted Erster to be league MVP last year. I mean, year. we all did. They hurt yeah. me deep, like real bad. And I, uh, they will not restore my faith in them very easily. <laughs> this needs to be done with actual evidence, game footage. Uh, they've signed Pelican now. That's not enough. It's not enough. I want to see results. Otherwise, I'll be disappointed that you have such a great bunch of players on your team because these players deserve success. I mean, by the way, we're still assuming that Toronto and Houston are going to be good. They have ample time to fuck it all up. They yeah. have ample opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they do. They do. So... The, you well, know, from the, where those... it's looking right now, I I don't know. I, I'm especially paying attention to coaching staff as well. I mean, I was paying attention to it last year, but yeah. this year I'm I'm I, I'm adding in yeah. also a bit. I'm more doing that weight. more than ever. But but mm -hmm, yeah. uh, well, last year I was pretty much all in on coaching staff and how I <laughs> weighed teams. But this year it's a little bit less so. But even still, I'm heavily weighing this shit. And they've got rid of their they've got rid of two assistant coaches for this year. They got rid of um, uh, mentalist and silence. 
uh, who were with them yeah. for quite some time. And they've the, the two coaches they've kept on are Legit RC and Sefi. And they've got uh, Danny as a data analyst. So I, I look at this structure and I think, okay, I think Brad can build a good team, but I don't have faith in the rest of that structure to get the results. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they let go of the people that I hear the most about in terms of uh, Kazoris and then yeah. uh, Silence and Mentalist were the people that I heard the most about from the Atlanta Reign. So, yeah, yeah. I, we, I, I, I do agree with you. We uh, we briefly touched on this um, earlier, but there's a rumor currently that the Houston Outlaws are looking to sign Nero um, mm. as a player. Nero obviously going to be one of the hottest free agents because he's a fantastic uh, Western DPS player. I mean, he can play a variety of roles. I mean, I think he'd be a, a fantastic pickup for any team that's looking to try and fill in that kind of flex support. Oh, sorry, flex DPS kind of gap. Um, Houston Outlaws. Yeah, I, I mean, this would be a good fit for him. There's a, there's a bunch of rumors with Houston. So to, to give an overall landscape of the rumors with the Houston Outlaws, uh, Dante, we already know for sure, is re-signed. Mm -hmm. yep. Nero and Happy are rumors as uh, DPS players being added. Uh, Piggy from Talon Esports, who's an off tank, uh, is a rumor to replace uh, Mecco, and uh, Crimzo is a rumor as well to be joining the team. I guess to replace uh, what would have been Repel mm. uh, and Raucous. Uh, they still have Hydration, I believe, as well. Uh, yeah, so do. yeah, so whether Hydration is uh the tank or he's the no. I mean, uh, I mean, like, as much as I enjoy hydration as a person, and I always think back to his appearance on uh, on Oversight the first oh, yeah. time. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I, I just can't see a future where hydration is the main tank of a team that does well in in our. Uh, now, what do you think, though? If if some of those rumors are legit, like, what do we think about that team? Well, they're still missing not great pieces. Yeah, still I don't think a main tank I, and supports. I, I think I don't. I don't like this rumor of them picking up Nero if they've got hydration on the roster. I feel like there's some overlap there, and you've got the same situation as when. Uh, um, I uh, would take Nero almost yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, I would take hydration. Nero over hydration, but I feel like you're running into a similar problem where you had Blase and hydration overlapping roles. I think Nero's more flexible and you don't have... The, the thing about Blase and, and Hydration was they li played literally the same heroes. Like, they were doomed <laughs> for specialists that also played Farah and then played Hog when they needed to as well. Like, it was the exact same stuff. Whereas at least Nero has a bunch of other things that he can also play and he doesn't specialize in the exact same heroes that, uh, that the, Hydration the does. That, the thing that's really... Got me a little bit excited for Houston this year, though. Again, we're going to refer back to it, but it is the support staff. I feel like you've got a former, former pro player as a GM who mm -hmm. has a clear understanding of really what should make a good team off the back of that. That's one of the major hurdles in a lot of these organizations already cleared. You've got Junk Buck with a proven record. You've got Harsha yeah. with, a, with arguably a proven record, not last year, but... I think he's he's had experience under top teams in that coaching structure. He's had experience in uh, in the shock and in the shock Vancouver Titans, Titans when the Vancouver yeah. Titans were good. Uh, this this team has all the pieces, as in like they, they have the framework. 
And now they just fill it in with the pieces and it's getting the most out of the players they pick up. And even if the players don't look like they fit together perfectly, I still have faith in them to be able to go far with any uh, roster they really build. I, I can agree with that. But I still feel like you have to go back to the argument of like all the other teams in the league improving. And the question is, does Houston Outlaws improve at a rate where they're improving more than some of these other organizations? Like the Toronto Defiant, Washington Justice, keep dreaming, buddy. But some of those middle-of-the-pack teams, like even Atlanta Reign, I think that the Houston Outlaws with that roster compete with the likes of Atlanta Reign. Yeah, well, let's say pipe dream scenario. They're able to add, uh, let's say, main tank. What if they were able to add super? And oh. you had you had super uh super God, piggy happy zero Dante uh that and would be a fun preseason power rankings video I'm telling you that would be that, fun that team will be competitive though I mean they'll they, they I wouldn't put them in the top four in NA but like could they yeah, overperform I'd be like, maybe fun. my my issue with that is from Super's point of view I don't well like why would he make that move. Like, presumably, yeah. if he was on the open market, he's got to be getting offers from gladiators as well as Houston, right? Well, if you're gladiators, why would you why would you offer him a ton right after you've already signed Moose? Maybe Moose got like a rookie deal, or and something. and you also know. and you also probably Moose. paid pretty good for uh, Moth and Shoe. Mm. Yeah, I I just don't. I don't know why he would take that deal. If you're the gladiator, I think the same as you, Josh. Okay, I think there, I have competing ideas in my head. Okay, because I'm the <laughs> yeah. same as you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is gonna sound depressing, and I'm sorry if you're watching Super, but like if Super's career like went to die at the San Francisco Shock, I'd be like, that's a great storyline. That's a fantastic career, back to back championships, fantastic streamer, huge viewership, and like he can even go succeed in streaming. Like he'll become one of the top streamers on Twitch. Like he's just, we all know that. We all yeah, know yeah. that for like yeah. years to come. Okay. At the same time, he is a competitor though. And so at some point, maybe his inner thoughts are like, Hey, I do want to capitalize on my current award skill to like get a few, a couple more years yeah, playing Overwatch I... at the highest level. But I, I, it does, it doesn't look as good like on YouTube when you see Super's name up at like a Houston Outlaws logo, it, it's it's going to be hard for the brain to like process that. <laughs> at the same time, though, he's got to look after his professional career. Uh, and if he I, wants to be a I pro player, he's got to look after the most sense though for him currently. No, no I don't know. Listen, if he, he's not washed. He's not no, washed. No, he isn't. No, he's, like, well, he he's literally fucking, he's can great. still compete at the highest level of gameplay. Yeah, neither neither why does he Nero or Happy? Yeah, sure, why, but, why doesn't Houston but, make sense? He, I mean, it's already. It makes sense for him to stay on the shock if that's even an option. I think you, you literally, and I, I actually disagree with you, Johnny, about saying like I, like if his career died at the San Francisco Shock, that'd be a good place. No, no, no. The best case scenario that you want for your favorite athletes is for them to, you know, start playing in like one of the Chinese leagues. You know, when you're looking at football, <laughs> you, you want them to start making the bag. Listen, yeah. at some point you, you want super when Chinese he's, contenders. When super's I feeling like I'm in yeah. China, mate. Those fans are 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 great. Okay, sure, so yeah, if no. we see if we see super walk out on a stage in China and like people bringing the signs and everything, like yeah, I, yeah, I'm for the, it. The kind of analogy I'm trying to make here is that Super, I think, is still in a prime position. And, I mean, he he spoke on our episode, right, about, like, some of the issues with motivation over the course of a season. But I think, generally, his attitude is pretty good as far as competitors go. Oh, yeah. Like, he's still raring, I think, to go for it, next year. He seems like a winner. I yes. think Houston makes a ton of sense. He can go with no. Junkbuck and Harsha, who he, always, he already has a relationship with. 
hydration in Dante as well. They're building towards something bigger. They're one of the the more popular teams in the league outside of a team like the Shock. Are you going to win on Houston? Well, it's not a guarantee to go back to the Shock and win anymore either, I don't think. But you have a very high brand compared to Houston. True, but if you can be competitive and let's say if the Shock is not that top team anymore, like, like I almost think sitting on the bench of a faltering shock team is worse than starting on a we've already talked about that they're not faltering like it's, well, they, it's almost impossible to imagine the shock would perform worse i guess houston yeah oh because, well i i don't think there's a world in which houston outperforms them next year i would agree with you there but can houston be way more competitive than what they've been in the past oh yeah of course but i think if you're making that decision you have to weigh up the fact that Houston still don't have a support line to be able to work with there. Right. If they get like, if they got Crimzo and Piggy and I mean, who, who do they even get as a main support at that point? They just uh, get Violet. They'll around. just take Violet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Crimzo will turn into a main support player. <laughs> Crimzo getting the Lucio right now. I, I, I think the DPS lineup there for them is good enough to compete at the top. They should... Yes. But the the question is whether you can surround them with the other good pieces to be able to get them up there. And unless Houston are looking to sign like Fury or or Mecco again and two really sick supports, I just don't see them being better than Gladiators or Philly or Washington or Dallas or Shock. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I, I feel yeah. you. I, um, I, I, I've been saying some stuff too, but like at the end of the day, Super should do whatever makes him happy because the world is his oyster. Like, it's not it's not like some other players in the league where it's like you have a crucial decision to make this season, and like if you do the wrong choice, you might have to like go back to some other country or you know give up on these dreams and pursue some other dream, start studying or something like that. That's not Super's case. So I think he should just do what makes him happy, and uh, I don't think it's too complicated because he has so much good stuff from going for him. It'll be fine. Papa reinforce. Providing the boomer. I still every day think about your boomer comment last week. I cannot get over it. It's <laughs> I understand Golden Boy now. Because every time we do the foreheads, we haven't done one in a while. Golden Boy says like, oh I'm the boomer. I'm the boomer. Woo! Woo! And now I feel it too. Because you called Why? me a boomer last week. And every day it's plagued my existence. And I'm like, well, am to I be boomer? Fair, am I, I wearing I... too many jackets? Is it too brown? Like what, what is no, it too eighties? Like I you're like understand. a millennial, a millennial boomer. Yeah. yeah, the 30s boomer. You're like a millennial boomer, I feel like. You you listen to ACDC. You... No, I don't. Well, Metallica. To sorry, fair, you but... listen to songs from that era. Aerosmith. You know? Yeah. Um... There's some good 80s music. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're an old mind stuck in a young body is how I feel about you, Johnny. Whereas Matt is a young mind stuck in an old man's body. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. Yeah, Matt's a bit of a zoomer and he's turning 42. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm a zoomer. I just want to be one of the young boys. I want to be one of the Still I, young boy. It's just you have okay. older interest. Yeah, it's just you're yeah. dumb. Me, yeah, me and my. <laughs> we'll get that. Right. Look, we should put Johnny's mind in that body. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, you want to go crack some 90s, Matt? Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's go crank some 90s, bro. Let's, let's move on. The final segment. Of the day, it's Bren's Player of the Week, presented by T-Mobile. Kurt. Hell yeah. You. Oh. oh. 
Surprise play of the week. That's a big donut. Yeah. Presented by Sue Mobile. There it is. A player of the week. There it is. Brent's player of the week presented by T-Mobile. Boom. For this week, there was a lot of candidates. Um, and I was watching Super Stream, and he got his P he got his PB, his personal best, when it came to the Minecraft speed run. And he said afterwards, he said, if I'm not the player of the week this week, he's gonna have some stern words for me. Well, Super, it's it's you're not, not the player of the week this week. It's not you. <laughs> you're not getting it. Because that would put you up in terms of the leaderboards. I'm pretty sure that would put you up as like a three-time. Um, yeah, potentially. And you ain't the three-time just yet. You're just a two-time, okay? So we can, we can call the Jets there. Instead, I, I baited Kurt a little bit. I heard Kurt typing in Super's stream, <laughs> I think. And yeah, he's, he hasn't, he's not able to use it. Instead, I'm going to give it to the human race for the scientific efforts in developing what? the COVID vaccine what? so rapidly. So I mean, that's fair. The but human still. race... The human, the human race, race. or at least the, the scientists. Sorry, at least the, sci the scientific, the, the scientific community, yeah. the scientific I community. I didn't contribute anything to this. No, well, the scientific community, okay? Um, yeah. I, and I feel like, technically, Matt, you did contribute a little bit because most world governments have already bought pre-orders of the vaccine, which has been funding mm -hmm. the development of it, and that's with your wow. taxes. So you have kind of been contributing towards this in a little well, bit. I think we Matt should probably think we should probably think should we should probably thank Josh as he pays the highest taxes out of all of us because he's so rich. <laughs> a, he's a millionaire. That's true. He's actually. so true. rich. Yeah. Yeah. He's a millionaire. Um, but but no, I, I gave it to the scientific community for their fast and rapid development of the. Uh, yeah. What about what about uh, uh, I think uh, Johnny put a good one in live chat. Yeah. Uh, you know, super. I think is good. Obviously, science. I mean, science is okay. good. Not a hot take. What about, what about what, is good? Uh, what about uh, look at the live chat, Kurt, of what Johnny put. What about yeah. this? Uh, this is uh, the our, most our obvious friend, choice. Our good friend Wolf it in was Korea. Amazing. Yep, he has some kind of meal named after <laughs> him now. I yeah, don't, I he, don't know what it is. I don't know what it, uh, I don't know pull what it, it is up. either. It, it's some kind of clatter. That they're selling at restaurants with Wolf's name on it. And okay. look at that picture. How can that not be the player of that's the week? That's brilliant. Okay, that so, fantastic. so yes, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it It's like we're what, in an alternate universe. Uh, I don't understand what it is, though. Is it like an appetizer so, sampler that you I just kind of get? Okay, no, so it is like a get? sampler. It's, it, what is that? Okay, so I don't know how this works. So correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. But you buy one of these plates, right? And you put it over an open flame, and it's sort of like Korean barbecue, but in a sampler, and you heat it up, and then you just Wait. eat it off the stove. Is that is it? No, I think this is just army stew. You know when you have military soup? No, that's no. budujigae. This isn't budujigae. It is. I don't think it isn't is. Isn't it literally it says budujigae? It literally says budujigae. Yeah, it literally says it right there on the screen. Oh, yeah, maybe it is. I think I, he's done a specific American budujigae that has mac and cheese and hamburgers. Yeah, so it's his. Yeah. It's, it's like Semler's drink at Guildhall, but it's Wolf's Korean dish. Right. right. I think so. I mean, I so don't... So what's included in it? I think so. Anyway, so that... no, but at the end of the day, is that better than the human race? I mean, pretty, yeah, it's pretty it's close. up there. Yeah, it's up there. No, because, I like yeah. Wolf more than okay. most humans. Let me put this into perspective for you in terms of the development of this COVID vaccine, okay? We have managed to essentially uh, uh, reduce a process that normally takes probably around a decade. Josh, you were a doctor. Well, how long does it usually take? 
Yeah, 14, 15 years. 14, 15 years, and we have managed to distill this down to less than a year currently. It's going to be roughly about a year, maybe a year what and a half, maybe two years. they land on this boat, though? Watch so, this plane. Okay, yeah, so, yes, it was cool with Super landing on the boat. Like, it saved his speed run. Yes, very cool. He got his, he got his new personal best, but it's not a top 100 run, is it? He didn't get top mm, 100 off of this. I don't this. know, is it? I no. mean, that's no, fair no. enough, but also, it's hamburgers in military stew. And, and yeah. mac and cheese. That's incredible. Oh, I want that right now. In okay. my I know. How good how good is that? Okay. That's better than a okay. that's better okay. than a vaccine. You okay. can just and live also, inside and eat Buttigieg from now on. Okay. Here's how I think about it. If there were no humans, like maybe there wouldn't have been a COVID virus. Okay. Yeah, so there's the duality of we created the vaccine, but maybe well, without there were us, no there humans, we wouldn't have the Buttigieg. Uh, Budajay, whatever, whatever, a wolf made, and then but we wouldn't have uh, Minecraft. Okay, that's not the same because one is good. No COVID virus is a good thing. No Budajay is a very, very bad thing. <laughs> we all yeah. have everyone on yeah. the entire I mean, planet loves Budajay. I just think, I didn't even know what it was. I just think I it was still worth don't really while. understand what it is. There's it's probably food. a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people who watch our show. And they're not familiar with, like, I suppose the news, because there's a lot of people I know that they avoid the news because it can be quite depressing. But this was some cool news where these mm -hmm. vaccines are now coming out as the second one with the preliminary data that's been released. I believe it's, uh, I can't remember the company's name. It's an American based company. Um, it's Moderna. Moderna? I just told you. Yep. Moderna. 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 Anyway, I don't know how you pronounce it. But yeah, they, they've released some preliminary data. Um, and it, it, this vaccine looks very promising. 95% success rate. It can be stored at minus 20. It can be refrigerated for a month. But that means the biggest thing with these vaccines is the distribution of them. This solves a huge hurdle if this one is eventually able to be uh, mass produced and, and spread out because it means you can distribute a lot easier than the previous one. It's good news all around. It's really good news. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, you've got to give props to the scientific community working their asses off to solve one of the biggest problems that humanity nice. has faced in the last century. Um, and uh, and we're, we're getting close, finally. It looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. The stock markets oh. are going crazy. People are having children. It's, you know, the world's, <laughs> the world's good again. <laughs> people were still having children. Uh, were, people people yeah. are having even more. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be a baby I don't know what statistics COVID? you have to back that up, but sure, yeah, I guess people yeah, are having more children. There's definitely going to be a baby boom, honestly. Well, you say there's going to be a baby boom, but also there must have been a bunch of people who weren't meeting up with other people as much. Like There must have been, there must have been less. Oh, so there's I, less I feel accidental like, births? Are you, yeah. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. I think so. I feel like overall there would have been less sex. Even though between partners it would have gone up random encounters maybe to be begin with out. but i have actually lost faith in the human race um, but you just gave true. them the players well, no, I gave, the okay award. i gave the scientific community <laughs> i gave the scientific community the award oh okay but the human right, race right, as a whole right. i every day i look at my instagram story and i see one more person going out to a house party and i'm like yeah i know the, come on you know like I want, I want the ability to just like i don't know electrocute people via instagram oh. story so that okay. if i see if i see an instagram story of someone hanging out with their buddies not fatally of course on a fucking boat i mean semi-fatally let's Se let's maim. what the fuck does semi-fatally mean that's horrible well maim them instead of killing them hmm. i'd love to give them okay. an electric shock that really hurts are we editing this out or uh <laughs> uh t-mobile can you ask if, if this is okay <laughs> we're gonna run this just send us an yeah. email 
Well, you know, I would I would do all of that via the T-Mobile 5G network because it would be connected via internet. <laughs> no, no, you would not. No, you wouldn't. You would no, you wouldn't. Wouldn't I? You would not. Nope. All right, well, let's, let's wrap yeah, this show up. I'm fucked. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt, Josh, can, Kurt can edit. Shut up. <laughs> I know who's not getting player of the week this week. He's a choice. Thank you for watching episode 61 of Plat Shadow Overwatch presented by T-Mobile. Remember the Timmy tournament. If you're yeah. watching this on the day this is uploaded, if you're watching the premiere, it's going to be later today. The Timmy tournament is going to be later today. So make sure you check it out on the YouTube channel, which you're already on, or our personal Twitch channels, which is all going to be streamed as well. It's going to be a little tournament. We're going to be battling against each other, like battles and stuff. It's going to be really cool. Um, thanks for watching. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye.